0: Your unique calling podcast. This podcast provides tips, tools, and inspiring stories for creating clarity around your calling, opening your heart to infinite possibilities, and enabling you to have the greatest impact on the world. I'm Julian Crossanpel, a certified spiritual life coach, meditation teacher, human design specialist, and founder of Pre Survey And most recently, I've joined the faculty at Starseed Academy Coach Training. It's my mission to teach and guide others in living a spiritually aligned life that answers their unique calling. Welcome, and thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to today's episode. So today I want to talk about your unique calling, and in particular the process that we go through when we decide to claim our unique calling and a lot of people immediately when they think about claiming their calling they think about action what what's the next step i need to take what do i need to be doing what am i going to do for a living how how am i going to pay my bills it's all very action oriented and i think that's great you know absolutely wonderful that people want to immediately jump into action and start changing the world but in reality other things have to happen first. When we claim our unique calling, we have to first do the inner work. And so we need to focus on being our, our, our unique calling before we can really focus on doing our unique calling. So let me break that down a little bit because that may sound a little confusing. So when we are starting to claim our unique calling, the first thing that we really need to work on is the energy that we're embodying in in our present moment, in our present lives. What, how are we showing up and how are we being and what is the energy that we're carrying around with us on a day to day basis? And so this looks different for a lot of different people. And I've talked about energy on the show before, but I kind of want to go into this a little more today because I think... Um, you know, I've had some new, new revelations, some new little intuitive hits around this topic, and I want to share them with you because I think they're really important. So when, you know, when we're thinking about answering our unique calling, a lot of times we hear, do what you love and the money will follow. And so it's all, and it's got people very focused on this doing aspect. I'm going to go do the thing that I really love and the money's just going to naturally follow. And that sounds great. But in order for the money to follow, we first have to get our energy aligned and calibrated so that we are being in the way that we need to be before we can start doing our calling. So what I mean going into this, let's talk about energy for a minute because really there's, there's two kinds of energy at work here that we need to kind of talk about. And then I'll kind of give you some Suggestions of how you can start doing some of this inner work to align your energy around your calling. So the first kind of energy is, is just, I call it spiritual energy. And all of us are channels for spiritual energy. It flows through us on a daily basis in our lives. We draw it through the earth, we draw it in through our breathing, we draw it in through our, you know, through every bit of our of our being because matter itself is really just energy. And quantum physics has shown us that most matter is just empty space. It's energy of these subatomic particles moving around. And through observation, we, they, these states, energetic states create matter. And so most of us, most of the things around us are really just empty space with some particles that are whirling around. And there's a lot of energy, even in things that are very solid and very still. There's still a lot of motion, a lot of energy. And so we're channeling this energy through us all the time. And in particular, I'm talking here about what I call spiritual energy, the energy that we move through us and we direct it with our will and our intention towards things that we want to create, which can be our calling. It can be ease and flow around our abundance and around our money. It can be anything that we we want to work on creating. And so this energy flows through us, and sometimes it flows as a trickle, and sometimes it flows as a great rushing stream. And how it flows really depends on what we're doing with our energetic body, how well we're keeping that channel open. The second type of energy is what I like to call calibrating energy. And so for for multi-dimensional beings who don't have physical bodies, the calibrating energy is going to look very different. But for physical beings who are inhabiting a physical body, we experience that calibrating energy as emotions, because our bodies react to this calibrating energy through creating the biochemical transmitters that affect our moods and our emotions. And so I've talked before about manifesting and in particular the human design view about the way our magnetic monopole draws things towards us and our thoughts calibrate our emotions which calibrate the monopole and and that's how we manifest. So this calibrating energy is our emotions and our emotions allow us to direct that, that spiritual energy that we're channeling through us all the time with intention to create an outcome that we want to create. And often it's our calling and our abundance and all of these other things. So, these cal- so emotion is this calibrating energy. Now, a lot of times when we start to talk about emotion as a calibrating energy in spiritual terms, immediately we start talking about high vibe energy and low vibe energy, and it sort of wanders into this area of toxic positivity where we're denying that we feel angry that somebody's really just pissed us off or that we're feeling afraid of something or insecure or that we have a doubt we start denying that and trying to always be happy always be loving always be high vibe and i want to sort of do away with those terms low vibe and and high vibe and here's why Calibrating energy is just energy, and if you're angry, it doesn't mean that you're gonna draw things to you that you don't intend to. Um, and I can talk pretty pretty clearly on this from my experience um, with Wicca and and witchcraft. When you're working in spellcraft, one of the things that they teach you as a witch is that. Emotional energy mixed with your intent charges your spell and directs the energy, the spiritual energy that you're channeling in the circle towards its intended target. Now, I know that if you're afraid, for instance, and you do a protection spell, that spell works very well. And it works because that energy of that emotion is directing that spiritual energy that you've raised in the circle towards the intention, in this case, projection. Now, obviously, there are also cases where sometimes you can direct your anger very powerfully towards an intended intention. It's generally frowned upon and not recommended. It's considered unethical in some circles, but it does it does happen. People do. And and sometimes they do it unintentionally. Sometimes they do it intentionally. And all of that aside the the emotions that we experience whether they're what we normally think of as as negative emotions like fear and anger or insecurity or doubt or any of those are just as effective at directing our spiritual energy with intention as love joy and these other things now here's where they differ because there is a reason why we want to focus on developing more of the positive emotions in our lives without denying the the negative. And I hate to even use those terms because duality is a lie as well, which I'll I'll talk about on another episode. But when we start judging things in that way, I just feel we get into a space that's not really as useful or as powerful or as empowering to us. So I don't want to even really use negative and and, and positive, but I have to describe it somehow. And so I'm kind of using those terms you know, I, and I know a lot of people use low vibe, high vibe, whatever. Um, the truth is these energies will calibrate your intention, calibrate your spiritual energy with intention to their intended target just as well as any other. Where the difference comes in is in the the possibilities that you can imagine, imagine directing your energy towards. Let me explain that a little bit. There's an evolutionary reason for this as well. So Barbara Fredrickson, who is a, a researcher at the, I believe it's called the Emotion Lab at, um, North, at a North Carolina university. She's associated with positive psychology. And she has created this theory for understanding our emotional states called Broaden and Build. And what Broaden and Build teaches us about our emotions is that there are evolutionary ways in which our emotions work and alter the way we think. So when we feel angry or we feel fear, when we are experiencing those emotions that kick us into survival mode, we don't think of as many options. We think of only a few options of what, of what action we could take, of what intention we could be directing that energy towards. And the reason for this is obviously, if a bear it jumps out of the woods at you, you don't wanna be overwhelmed with 40 different choices of what to do. You wanna be like, am I gonna fight the bear or am I gonna run? So there's an evolutionary reason why these calibrating emotions actually narrow our thinking to a s- smaller set of possibilities. When we, th- and what Dr. Fredrickson found in the build, broaden and building theory, or build and broaden theory, excuse me, is that what I, the word I like to use rather than high vibe or positive, more expansive emotions such as love and joy and comfort and security when we feel those types of more expansive emotions, we are able to think of more possibilities. And so because of that, when we are using emotional energy as a calibration for directing our spiritual energy with intention, we wanna experience as much of the expansive emotions as we can so that we can envision more opportunities. And so, I'm bringing all of this up because I really want to talk about this idea of claiming your unique calling and that you can't just directly move into action. You, there's this, as I mentioned, the the do what you love and the, and the money will follow. It will, if you're in an expansive frame of mind, if you're feeling expansive about claiming your calling, if you've done the inner work and the energetic work to properly calibrate your spiritual energy to direct it with intention. If you are struggling to meet your basic needs or you feel afraid that if you do the thing that you will love, you won't be able to meet your basic physical needs, that's going to narrow the possibilities that you can think of to direct your energy to. That's why so often that when people begin this work of answering their unique calling, they don't see it being possible. And that's because they are in that fear energy and it's narrowing the possibilities that they can imagine in the moment. So what does this mean in practical terms and how can you use this? Well, what it means is that there's really a couple of things that we need to do before we can claim our unique calling. And the first one is we need to widen the conduit of spiritual energy. If we want to direct this energy with will and intention to create the things that we want in our lives and in the world, and I certainly hope that everyone who is listening is thinking about answering their unique calling as really stepping into that role of being a change catalyst to have a tremendous impact on the world and make a lot of change in the world that we need and that we are moving to as a species and and as the human race, If you want to have the power to really make those kinds of changes and to make that impact, you need to really be able to channel that raging stream of spiritual energy and not just a trickle. And the way we do that is a couple of things. One is we spend more time connecting with our higher power. We need to really foster that connection and a personal understanding of what our higher power is. I know that a lot of people have a, an abstract idea of a higher power and it's very non-personal. It's the universe or infinite intelligence. And that sounds wonderful. And I, my personal view of my higher power kind of alternates between a lot of different things. But it's important that you have a vision of your higher power, that you come to understand your higher power in a way that is personal in a way that you can feel like this is something that you can talk to, and that it responds to you. Something that is actually, that your higher power is actually engaged in doing things to help and assist you. So it needs to be somewhat personal, and you need to spend time building and strengthening that connection with your higher power. The, the other thing that you really need to do if you want to increase the your ability to channel spiritual energy, to really open that conduit a little wider, is stilling the mind. So, meditation. You need to be able to get out of your head, get into your body, get still, and really allow intuition to come up, allow your spirit guides to speak to you, allow your higher power to speak to you. So. For me, I believe that a meditation practice is essential to claiming your your calling because you need to get your mind still so that you can really open the conduit for that spiritual energy. And we can't do that when our minds are racing and our minds are taking us away from those expansive feelings into all the worries and concerns about what can go wrong and we're dropping into those non-expansive calibrating energies. So we need to learn to sort of still the mind and release some of our judgment as part of that process and meditation really is not about not thinking about emptying the mind so that you don't think it's more about observing your thoughts without judgment being still and just observing the thoughts because there's really a couple of ways that people tend to think and. One of the things that surfaces a lot, in particular, in anxiety and stress and depression, which there's an abundance of in modern society, is a process called rumination. And we've all experienced rumination. It's when a thought just kind of plays on a constant loop and we think this thought and then instead of just releasing it, we we give it more energy and we, and we give it more mental energy and we keep thinking the same thought over and over and over and we keep returning to it. And that's rumination. And meditation and mindfulness helps us break out of that cycle of ruminating by allowing us to dispassionately and non-judgmentally observe a thought and then instead of letting it run away with us, we just release it and then we observe the next thought and we release it and when we look at our thoughts dispassionately and without judgment in that way it allows us to find the stillness in our mind that opens the conduit for more spiritual energy in our lives there's also the third thing that you can really do is work to cleanse your chan- your, your chakras cleanse and balance your chakras and your energy centers you can do this with Reiki, you can do this with various forms of meditation and guided meditations. There are many different techniques for doing this. And honestly, listen to your intuition. Balancing your energy centers and cleansing those chakras and allowing the energy to flow more easily throughout your entire physical and spiritual system is going to really help you open that conduit wider and channel a lot more spiritual energy and direct it with that intention and will towards what you want. And then finally, something that you might consider that I found really helpful when I want to boost my energy a little bit is using other tools such as crystal grids. So meditating within a crystal grid can be a really useful way to sort of amplify your own energy with the help of the energies and the properties of various stones. I also find that movement and chanting can also be very helpful in raising the amount of energy available to you and the amount of energy flowing through you. So that was the first part. You've got to increase the amount of spiritual energy that you're capable of channeling if you want to claim your unique calling. The second part then is there's a lot of inner work that needs to happen. your goal should be in calibrating that energy because you're channeling that spiritual energy that, that comes from source, that comes from the, from the earth, that comes from the, the minute part, particles in quantum physics that are, that are just, that's all around us and that we all are able to channel. So we want to increase the amount of that source energy that we can move through us and direct with our intention and our will. And then the second piece is what I called calibrating energy, which we experience in the physical as emotion. And we want to experience as many expansive emotions as possible. We want our calibrating energy to be expansive so that as we're directing this energy with our will and our intent, that we can visualize, that we can imagine, that we can conceive way more possibilities when we're in those expansive feelings. And that's not to say that we deny the less expansive feelings. We still want to experience them. But there's a, a, a big difference here between experiencing and wallowing in. So when we get really caught up in fear or caught up in anger, and we hold on to it, and we feed it, and we continue to harbor it and let it build. We get, it's similar to the ruminating that, that happens with our mind. We get in this area where um, Dr. Joe Dispenza says we become actually physically addicted to, the, to these biochemical signatures of these emotions. And so we need to break that cycle. We need to get out of that cycle of really digging into an emotion and over-experiencing it. When we do feel these less expansive feelings, we want to feel them, we want to lean into that, we want to experience it, we want to acknowledge it, and then we want to allow it to move on. And so the second piece of really getting ready to be your calling before you can do your calling is to do the inner work necessary to embody more of the expansive calibrating energy And that can mean doing inner child work. That can mean challenging some of your false beliefs that hold you in fear or hold you in anxiety or worry. There's a lot of inner work that needs to happen to really learn to calibrate the spiritual energy that you're channeling. And when you've done this inner work first, then you're embodying your calling. You're starting to embody the energy of the change that you wanna create in the world. And at that point, when you can embody the energy of it, then the next phase moves, you start to move into action and to actually doing your calling. So I hope that kind of clarified for you what needs to happen energetically before you move into doing your unique calling and how and why sometimes the do what you love and the money will follow doesn't work out that way because if you haven't done the inner work and calibrated your energy if you're if you're stuck in less expansive emotions of worry and fear then it's not going to happen that way you're going to do what you love and and the money isn't going to follow and you're going to feel more frustration, and you probably may not even see doing your calling as being possible. So the inner work has to come first. So once you've done the inner work, then you can move into the doing and actually really step into claiming your unique calling. So I hope that that helped clarify for you and that you've got some, some concrete tips that will help you start to do some of that inner work and open that channel of source energy, as well as really understand how to calibrate it with more expansive calibration energy. If you have any questions, I'd love to hear them. You can reach me on my Instagram, through my Facebook or on my website. Just contact me there. I would love to hear any questions that you have or anything more that you would like to hear about this subject in future episodes. Bright blessings. This has been the Answer Your Unique Calling podcast with your host, Julian Crossan Hill, produced by Priest of Inanna, LLC. You can find us on priestofinanna.com. That's priestofinanna, I-N-A-N-N-A dot com, or on Instagram at priestofinanna.